speak.studio. Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. Hope you're all doing well out there. I am pretty excited about this week's show. It's kind of a long one, so I'll keep it shorter up top, which not always easy for me to do, as we know. Um, but on the topic of what what we get into this week, which is like erotic 90s thrillers, a definitive genre for for Gen X in, in many, many ways that my friend Courtney and I will discuss, though there's so many things we, we missed but and didn't get to and things I had to edit because we, we just talked for so long. But on that front, a recommendation for a, a new entry into kind of this category is the movie Sharper that came out last week on Apple TV+. I will not say much about it. I did not know much about it going in, and that's how you should keep it. Like, don't read anything. Don't, you know, you're, you're, it's more enjoyable if you don't. So what I will say is it stars Julianne Moore and Sebastian Stan and John Lithgow, and it's in New York City, and there's rich people, and there's some gorgeous apartments, and there's twists and turns. And it was very, very entertaining. A perfect Friday night movie as far as I'm concerned, which is when I watched it. Whether, you know, pour a glass of wine, pop a gummy, just watch it, whatever. I was very entertained. You know, it's tight. It's not long. It's, it's enjoyable. It's not perfect, but I found it very entertaining. And I think you probably will, too. And I wish there were more thrillers. As as you'll see when, when we get into this convo today about things like single white female and uh, basic instinct and perfect murder and disclosure and, and all those kinds of things that I loved so much as like a teenager and still, and rewatching them was super fun too. Um, another thing that will be available to watch by the time you listen to this is the new season of outer banks, a show that I very much enjoy. It is a ridiculous show. Um, it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Like plots don't need to always track. It's, you know, I love a teen drama. I love a teen drama in a in a gorgeous setting. Love the Outer Banks. I love the Carolinas. Went to college in North Carolina, going back there shortly in April for a reunion. So I'm sure that'll lead to some nostalgic topics for this podcast um, and the newsletter. And yeah, like people will get shot and almost die and then be running around looking gorgeous two seconds later. And that is a type of programming that I absolutely need in my life. And I think many of you do, too. Um, if you haven't watched it, just go back and watch that. Watch the earlier seasons and and enjoy. It's fun. It's a ridiculous good time. What does not appear to be a ridiculous good time is the upcoming second season of and just like that the sex in the city reboot or whatever we call it show that wants to be its own show but doesn't appear to want to be its own show because we keep doing plots from the old show 
because yet again this week, and if you follow me on social media, you know I'm already ranting about this. I'm going to use every platform at my disposal to scream about how stupid it is that Aiden Shaw and Carrie Bradshaw were getting all these pictures of them holding hands. They're at Coney Island. They're at dinner with the girls. I don't know why we are back on this storyline that I never liked any of the times we've done it before. It's lazy, even if you like Aiden, which I I don't, I can't. That man is so deeply, deeply lame. I hate everything about this. And I'm obviously going to watch the show, but the, ugh, furious. I am currently working on a post for paid subscribers about all the ways that Aiden Shaw sucks. And I don't know how many I'm going to come up with yet. And I'm sure it'll be a non-exhaustive list. And I would like to hear your suggestions. But uh, right now it's TK Reasons Aiden Shaw Sucks is the working title. <laughs> um, and it will probably be in your inboxes by the time you listen to this. Uh, if you're a free subscriber, you get a little teaser and uh, paid subscribers get the whole thing. We have notes.substack.com if you would like to subscribe. So that's where I'm at this week. And I think we'll leave it at that. And just get into, a, I think, very fun, definitely rambling and certainly chaotic conversation with my friend Courtney Dunlop about erotic 90s thrillers. I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I apologize that I still kind of had the sniffles while we were recording. Hope that's not too annoying, but Enjoy. I am so happy that my friend Courtney Dunlop is back on the show today for the third time. She is always one who is game to deep dive on our shared passions together. And I love that about her so much, among many other things. She's a dear friend. She's a former beauty editor. She is a pop culture obsessive. She loves a great red lip as much as I do. And she also is the co-founder of one of my favorite wine companies called Good Clean Wine. I love all of their stuff. It's delicious. If you haven't tried, highly recommend. Great for yourself. Great for gifts. Uh, I love I love all of their wine. And their red wine. I love red wine, but it gives me a headache. Often, like three sips in and good clean wine doesn't. I also really love the rosé. But Courtney is back today to dive into the genre of erotic 90s thrillers with me. And it is quite a ride. So without further ado, please welcome back to the show my friend Courtney Dunlop. This is your third time on the show, right? Yeah. So yes, exciting. and I love it. It's so much better every time. <laughs> it's so good. We get more and more unhinged like every single time. <laughs> that's the part that's crazy. I'm like, this is taking a really dark progression. 
Yeah. So we started for anyone who is newer or hasn't listened to the older episodes. Courtney first came on. We like to do because sometimes I just roll and just I don't know what we're going to talk about. But Courtney and I like to have like themed or sometimes like very. This is the first time we've done multiple movies, but our first time was we we stand and die on the hill that Greece two is superior mm. to Greece, and we did an entire Absolutely. pod about it. It's important. And then yeah. the second time we we don't we went darker. I mean, there's some darkness in Greece too. <laughs> there is some darkness. Every one of these episodes, every time I'm on, it's like we unpack a layer of our generational trauma. Yeah, yeah. So then we went. Then we went really core. Real with never-ending story and the swamps of sadness and everything else i'm still working through some of the things that we like uncovered in that episode like like i'm still going i'm still working on it it's a lot and 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 honestly people responded you know like on instagram on like to me to you on your like people were like i'm not ready to talk about some people were like, yes, let's talk about it. And some people were like, no, I'm still too traumatized. Yeah, there's still some suppression going there. It really makes you think about things when you like <laughs> I never when you really stop and think about that movie and like how it affected you. It and like that we were sure. small children. Small no, we were children small children. We yeah. So this next that. this next round, we've been wanting to do this for a while. So we're both very excited and we're gonna probably go off the rails. And I yeah, can't about wait. to be really unhinged because I've been it's spiraling a- <laughs> for about eight days. <laughs> we've been watching erotic thrillers mostly from the 90s though we can trace it back to fatal attraction which was like 87 which really kicked off this thing uh this you know micro genre or whatever i mean it, it was these were the blockbusters like of this era i think that's been part of the unpacking is realizing how big these movies were and how yeah. important they were to the zeitgeist at the time and like how everybody talked about these movies like how intensely like infiltrated they were into our lives yeah so basically started coming out I mean I'm a little bit older than you but like middle school was like Mm -hmm. fatal attraction and we saw I saw it like we went to the movie that's what we did we went to the movies and we would sneak I mean you get into an R movie like it's not that fucking hard and then high school and then like through kind of college basically is what so we're talking fatal attraction Mm -hmm. we're talking basic instinct um single white female sliver sliver. disclosure um i went on a a perfect murder (laughs) a perfect murder oh my gosh the perfect murder is like defining and then i i and you know i've really been (laughs) okay i have to gather my thoughts because this has been a lot you know, watching all of these in a shortened time yeah. period instead of over the course of a decade has really yeah. messed up my head. And um, I did watch one that I realized halfway through. I'm like, this is not a thriller, which is Indecent Proposal. Yeah. It kind of gets swept up in that genre, but it really doesn't count. It was very good and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it really but because it, it's it's sexy and it has Demi Moore, who is also like Demi yeah. Moore and Michael Douglas are real tent poles of the, a, a lot of these. But it's yeah. it's because it was like sexy, but it's also like 
and it's dark, but not in the same way because it's not yeah, like no one gets murdery. Like there aren't any thrillers. There's no thriller really. It's just like, but so that one doesn't really count. But it kind of gets swept up in that. Yeah, in that genre as well. But yeah, the, these are the defining movies really of that time period. And what's so crazy is that I didn't realize it while it was happening because they don't yeah. really make those anymore. No. I mean, there's been some sad kind of attempts to sort of recreate that 90s. I mean, we'll just say 90s, even though Fatal Yeah, Action I mean, it's, it's basically it it's 90s. 90s. Yeah, it's essentially 90s. That's when they were making a lot of these. And these are the really successful ones, but there were boatloads of them that were less less successful with like these are the biggest movie stars of the time these are the movies they were making so like now the biggest movie stars of our time get locked into like marvel movies right but the at this point they were getting locked into like these adult and i don't mean adult like porn i mean like these were movies essentially like for grown-ups about grown-ups yeah. like <laughs> they were with a lot of fucking and murder <laughs> so much and there was like I, I had written down some things. I was like, I'm watching all these movies and there's, well, okay. There are a few things that finding, and I, we talked a little bit about how over text and stuff about how these have been defining of our personalities. And because yeah. there are some things in them, the apartments, the technology, when you take away the murder and the sex scenes, there's always a fabulous apartment. Yep. Or a fabulous house. Some sort of technology related job, which is amazing to watch now. Oh, it's incredible. We'll have to get into some of that stuff. Because it's like that was like the and and offices. That was another thing I wrote down. I was like, that's what we thought fucking offices were gonna look like. Like Demi Moore's office in disclosure is insane. Insane. I like this is what I thought being well, okay, so this is we had the same conversation with Greece too, where I was like, I thought this was what high school yes. would be like. This yes. is what I thought being an adult would be like. We're yes. watching these movies. This yes. is what I thought would happen in my life. I'd, I would just be wearing hosiery all the time. <laughs> There's so much hosiery. So much And hosiery. I want the hosiery. I want it. I want the hosiery. It was like hosiery under like you know, oh, sexy so sheath dresses. Like now it is, it's like very like Victoria Beckham, you know, a lot of these dresses. Yes. And then, and then obviously like Gwyneth is in like oh. Michael Court and it's out of this world, out of this world. Like, so I watched perfect murder and which is to me, my favorite one out of all of them. I feel like it takes all of the best genre sort of packs it into one movie. Yeah, and it's Dial in for Murder. So I mean it's Hitchcock yeah. and she's the modern Hitchcock oh, blonde. Like so it's and her outfits and um and so Michael Courtney. Douglas who is a and staple. Michael Douglas. I know. Okay, we need to write it in because I feel like there's so Okay. Much, well, let's so okay, so so like big picture like how these affected us like we thought opposite like if you were a successful person which both of us are like we're strivers, we're going to be successful, we're probably going to move to New York or whatever we're thinking, right? And it's like, okay, you work in the, you have a huge apartment, <laughs> huge office, the best, chicest clothes, like right out yeah. of Vogue, which was important at that time or L or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and technology is about. coming into play. <laughs> technology is coming into play. Cool. So, and 
and you will and you will probably be sexually harassed at some point even if the movie isn't about sexual harassment you will absolutely be sexually harassed but you will be so cool that you'll be able to handle it and to me bridget fonda first of all bridget fonda i okay first of all let's let's take i i don't even know how we're gonna go over but like okay let's talk about Let's just start with single white female yeah, and Bridget Fonda because yeah. she is so mm. important to me between like in that era. So single white female came out in like August of nine, like summer of 92. Yeah. And then singles comes like right on the heels of that. And so important. I have, I have said this before, but like, and it starts there, but also she was in so many things. Like she's in this movie that I love with Skeet Ulrich that I used to rent all the time in college. Yeah. That was like kind of an indie movie where he like starts getting the stigmata. I, it's a whole, I, do oh, you remember that yeah. movie? <laughs> I watched it like a hundred times in college. Yes. Anyway, she's she so was, important oh, so and important. she's so cool in this movie. I always talk about that scene where she is eating a, a shitty salad in singles is like definitive to me of like, oh, that's like when you're like a new grown up and you like have your first apartment and you like eat and you chop this lettuce and you chop this tomato and you eat this salad out of like a big, like the bowl that mm-hmm. should be the, the full salad, but you eat the whole, like, I was like, there's no one cooler on the planet. And in Single White Female, like, Allie is, like, the coolest person ever. That apartment is... The apartment. Talk about it. It's the apartment for me. uh, uh, uh. I believed in my soul that if I moved to New York, I would be able to get a loft apartment with creaky windows and and a weird, like, the whole, like, grit of New York that I love, the, like leak like the leaky faucet like I love the romance of it her apartment is huge it's almost like ghost ghost is yes maybe ghost is involved in this conversation as well because first of all Demi Moore's in it yeah and the short haircut yeah and the short haircut and uh ghost had the same vibe with the loft I was like oh so I'm gonna I think these movies are what made me want to move to New York absolutely and I thought I was living in a loft all the way that everybody in New York lived in either lofts and it was considered like chic, you know, arty, like, like artsy, the chic, artsy, or an apartment from Perfect Murder, right? Which Where was the, the elevator, old money, op- yeah, the old money, money it was Lux, but both of them had an elevator usually often that opened right into the apartment. I just thought those were the two options. <laughs> yeah. like you move to New York and you either get the huge open loft with the romantic windows and the creaky cracked paint left over from you know the cracked paint and you're there's like basically no furniture and it's just open or you have the super stuffed apartment I was like well that's that's just how you live you either you you get one of those (laughs) you move (laughs) those are those are your choices it's just the ghost apartment I can't even with the ghost apartment like I can't (laughs) I mean, I that really is an erotic thriller, too, if you think about it. Yeah, there's murder, there's sex, you know, pottery. Yeah. But, like, and Bridget... single white female is... <laughs> well, the text... For me, single white female is... I mean, a perfect murder, but I really think single... If I had to choose, I think single white female is my favorite of the genre. Um, and maybe just because I remember watching it so many times... So many it times. was that thing we talk about where like 
it was on HBO. And if you were lucky enough to have H- movie channels, you just watched it four times in a row on a Sunday for no reason. Yep. Yep. That's what you did. And we were, I, we might've seen know, it like, young. depending on like what was coming out at the movie theater, if there was nothing new out, like you might just go see it again at the movie theater. Yeah, you would like, just go. In high school, I went to high school that you're, this is, you're going to die. I went to high school with a girl named Allie who had that exact hair. Mm. She had the color, the thickness, and she got the cut. And so I she's remember, single white female. Yeah. She's single white female, single white female, but her name was Allie and she had red hair naturally. naturally she had the most gorgeous hair. I mean, presumably still does. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Um, I remember her coming to school wearing her cheerleading uniform and she walks into school with the haircut and I was like <gasps> and I just remember staring like my jaw fell and she had the cut and I was so jealous because I, I don't like, have the face shape for that haircut <laughs> a and b I'm my hair's curly and it just oh, like doesn't yeah. happen that way <laughs> so yeah and it was no even that... curlier back then my hair was much curlier like in high school even but like that haircut I would have looked like a beetle from the like, I would have been had, like, full mushroom cut. like full <laughs> mushroom would have been happening because it would it's so curly up at the top is the most curly yeah. and then it just like would have scrunched <laughs> it it was uh I, I, I I knew that. I knew that could not happen. But I was so but, jealous, and I love uh, it. And she, again, with the hosiery, there's there's a hosiery moment. Allie in that movie wears the chicest outfits. She wears these little sets, these like button jacket sets with little skirts with with hosiery moments. And there's a hosiery moment in Perfect Murder as well. And it makes me want to wear black sheer hosiery again, like. I want to get involved in that now. Yeah, maybe you should. Okay, so I tweeted that I was watching Perfect Murder and Courtney Forrest messaged me. uh, For those who don't know, she's a publicist. She messaged me that when she was starting out as a baby, baby publicist, she worked for Wolford. She sent the hosiery to Gwyneth for Perfect Murder. And I told her, I go, well, you're amazing at your job because I still think about that hosiery to this day. I love that Wolford store in Soho too. Oh my gosh, the best. And I was like, well, so good. you did a great job because I still think about it now. I want the hosiery. So well done. Yeah. Well done, Courtney well, Forrest. And and Allie in um single white female was like an early woman in STEM, you know? Like oh, she know. has developed like a I had I had we both rewatched it this week. Again, we'd seen it a hundred thousand times mm-hmm. back in the day, but I hadn't watched it in a long time. I don't oh, know. Yeah when the last time I saw it was. And I had forgotten what her business was that she did. And she has like developed some sort of like yeah. computer program that she's selling to people. I It's nebulous. Like all the tech in none of, and all of these things is like, because oh. we, none of us knew you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Sounds well, like a thing that I, writing the, yeah. writing these movies knew what any of this stuff was. No. And it was also and they knew new. The public didn't know. We were just like, cool, computers can do shit now. And like, email is new and like, whatever. Right. It's like, dad, you got an email from like disclosure, one of them, disclosure or something. Well, She's and like what, announcing that they got an email. Like, well, and remember, email. and it crumpled up like a paper. <laughs> and there's like a visual written out signature on the email. Yeah. Like you, 
He also <laughs> says at one. That that's how emails. He work. also at one point said, "Did you get that from internet yet?" Because we didn't call it the internet. He just says, he "Did you get that, that from internet?" Well, I was laughing too because I was rewatch when I was rewatching Single White Female, and I was watching her software, which is really cool because like she's the developer, she owns yes. this company. It's really cool, and I'm thinking she basically has invented the software that they use that Share uses in Clueless. To put the ad outfits on people. Yeah, yeah. That's what she has invented. I was also like, did she invent Salesforce? Which is another thing that I don't really understand. Yeah, like- <laughs> it seems so. And and yeah, so she's this power. She, there's a technology aspect in almost all of these movies. Like, yeah. Computer, home computers were very new. In Disclosure, um, Michael Douglas has a cellular telephone which is a huge deal and they call it the cellular telephone. And that's a and, huge plot point, which we can, we can yeah. get to, but like yeah. even in, I mean, in single white female, it also was like, okay, cool. Cause she was this like up and coming like woman in her, you know, and that gross guy and she does get harassed and all that, but like, so gross, yeah. but like Steven Weber who hot, hot so Steven hot. Weber. I loved wings. I always so watched hot, wings. <laughs> so hot. He's so hot in this movie and so hot. And he he's bag, but did not deserve. <laughs> he didn't deserve okay. necessarily a heel to the head, but he like you know it's like she does realize like she's successful, but it's like burgeoning success. So that's why she needs the roommate. Roommate. So and, that's- and that's the other thing that I was like, oh, getting single white female like became like a verb that now people still use, and obviously it came from like classified ads and like single white female like seeking same for roommate da 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 but I think as a 16 year old watching that I was like well fuck and I'm about to get a random roommate in college like and luckily I had the awesomest uh, random pairing roommate Lisa Perlman shout out hopefully we'll see her in April at my college reunion we were like very compatible roommates and she's awesome but like but like it did strike one of my other friends one of my other friends had someone who was like not you know to the murderous extent but kind of started adopting like her whole personality so she got single white female she got single white females it really did become a verb and it it did (laughs) it did kind of like pause about the whole roommate situation after seeing that movie you're like god i really hope that she doesn't you know kill my boyfriend and throw my dog off oh the dog Okay, the animal thing. The killing of the animals was just a huge thing back then. And I don't know that we'd be doing that version of that now. That dog on the sidewalk is traumatizing. Jennifer, so so Jennifer Jason Lee is the roommate. Sorry, if anyone hasn't seen this, like go watch it. It's on HBO Max. You can stream it right now. Yeah, you you don't even have to. You must watch it. You just must. It's or but many. I think many people who listen to this show like are of our. They know. Yeah, they know. But Jennifer Jason Lee moves in, and she's kind of a weirdo. But then it's you know she's nice enough, but weird, and like then she starts in like being weirder and infiltrating her. Uh, Bridget Font. What's her name? Allie. Her name's Allie. Allie. And and that's what was kind of like original about that one. Like some of these movies are like very similar to each other. That one had a different angle, which I think was what made it so big. Um, yeah. And also looks really good. Like everything yeah. in the movie looks great. And and yeah. 
it's a I, I love that one. I think that one might be my favorite. It's, out of all it's of them. really good, and it, she's got the the you know gay best friend who lives in the building, yeah. and the boyfriend who so like cheats on her and so they're broken up and that's also why she needs the roommate but then either they start yeah. getting back together and that makes jennifer jason lee tip over into and then we then you start finding out and she has to research and you've got to research in a more old school way there's there's mm-hmm. often like a mm-hmm. microfiche might show up there's in a microfiche moment i a love of- microfiche i'm so nostalgic <laughs> for microfiche i love it too and there's always like a tracking down a family member and calling them yeah, like, involved. oh, she had like, a twin that died. <laughs> okay. And this is like she's gotten her hair cut like Bridget Fonda. She's <laughs> she starts wearing the outfits. Oh, the outfits are so good. I want to wear well, every single movie I watch. So I watch we watched we watched a bunch at the same time. Every single movie the whole time I'm thinking, I want every single uh, every single piece of these wardrobes. I mean, every piece. Sharon Stone, first of all, Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. Are in every uh, you, they define the genre. Demi yes. Moore as well. Michael Douglas time, most especially, like Douglas. he was. He's in and he's in all of these. Movies. He's in all of these movies. He fucks hard in all of these movies. God. I mean, they must have just been like, okay, we're doing this again. Like we know who to get. Like nobody goes for it. Well, and and we were like scene. we we were talking about it. Uh, we were starting to text about it, and it's like okay, I I think he's very hot in these movies. Like I I had a crush on him from like Romancing the Stone and yeah. and like Jewel of the Nile, and then he is ostensibly our biggest movie star at like this juncture in time. Like these movies are making three like three hundred yeah. million dollars, like two hundred and eighty million dollars. The biggest ones of these. Yeah, they and were he, huge movies. Bones. He, <laughs> I cannot believe these movies were made. And they were just, we were just left to go see these teenage people that we were. I watched Basic Instinct and I was like, how did this get, how did this get made? My it God. Is, it is wild. Like these wild sex scenes, ride. but even, even in Single White Female where like, like the sex scenes with like Steven Weber and Bridget Fonda. And then there's a whole thing where Hetty is pretending to be Bridget Fonda because she's got the hairdo and he get, she gives a non vaguely non-consensual mm-hmm. blowjob to mm-hmm. Steven Weber. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty hardcore. It's all, it's all. She so sees it hardcore. to completion. Like it, things are done to completion. People now are having spend... orgasms. There are, these sex scenes are long, long. I was going to say they're long. They de- there's a lot of time dedicated to these and they they're long. You see it to the completion and Michael Douglas it, it does not disappoint. He just no, he doesn't. He really wow. Doesn't. I mean, like, I get it. Listen, I, I get it. I think about like I didn't rewatch Fatal Attraction this week, but I I saw it pretty recently. And like in the sink, which is like not set. There's like dishes in the sink, yeah. but then he's like, she's like splashing the water all on him, and like, and then and then you know they have that very famous scene in the in the ele- yeah. this like service elevator. But then when he's in an elevator in any other movie, you're like, is he gonna is he gonna do it in there too? <laughs> I mean, they really somebody was like, listen, we know what people want, and they want Michael Douglas ripping underwear off of Demi Moore with his teeth. Yeah. 
This is what the it's, people want. It's, it's Let's insane. give the people what they want. It's, it's insane. insane. And we were young, burgeoning sexual beings. And I, I was saying I'm this on a, another my, part. Like, girl doll like watching this (laughs) i'm like 16 had not had sex and was very like inexperienced but like into stuff like that so i was thinking about like i'm a scorpio this is like what i've been like this my whole this is your genre this is like i'm in i'm like sexy thrillers like i've been reading sexy books since i was like nine so yeah um, and that's the thing. Like, again, we were left unfettered to just watch and oh, read completely. whatever we wanted. And no one discussed anything with us ever. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. I was thinking about and I mentioned real sex on, an, on the pod this week, oh, too. Yes. But like, but really, in this era, like it was like sexy novels, these movies, Skinamax and mm-hmm. HBO's real sex like mm-hmm. taught me everything I knew to a certain And then point. when you were at a sleepover, it was USA up all night. Yeah, yeah, because like silk stockings, and like silk stockings, and and but that's but that got a little edited, like a little more edited. These were not. I mean, it, it is wild how. I mean, I guess I I said I was holding my American Girl doll. I was older, yeah, but still but like, way, but quite like frankly, you, you, too young. She was just over there, like she had just gotten put down. Like she was still there. She was still there watching me. Like I, she was, she it wasn't too far behind. And you're right. It's like. It's, I was watching this and I'm thinking how I just don't think Basic Instinct would be made today and how it would be in a movie theater. I just, it's amazing how we've almost gone back in time with like the prudishness. And it, yeah, and it would be like, and they, you know, it's not like there's no sex, but it would be shorter. Like that sex scene would not be that long. Because mm. even he's got a lengthy sex scene with Gene Triplehorn in that movie too. Oh, that's right. And and there are many, like there are there, many. Some of, these, some of these movies, there's like one it's like you almost feel like they got the formula down after yeah. a while. And they were like, okay, right out of the gate in the first, like within the first 15, 20 minutes, we're going to do a sex scene. And then the rest of it's going to not involve that. It's going to be more about the thriller and the mystery. But Basic Instinct was here for the sex scenes. And all the grownups in our lives are going to see this. Everyone is going to see it. Everyone's yeah. talking about it. It's on SNL. They're spoofing the you know mm-hmm. the leg oh, cross well, the the like, scene the scene, the scene that, sh- that shook the world is for those who don't remember although i can't imagine you don't even, even I, if you've yeah. never seen the movie you know about you have the to scene know yeah where she opens she's not wearing underwear and like every gross man in the in the interrogation yeah. room is like sweating like first of all there's like six characters from seinfeld in this movie <laughs> which is my favorite part like, like <laughs> Banyan's in it, or maybe not Banyan, but like Newman is in it, and then like the guy who owns the house in Long Island is in it. Like, there's like I was like, oh, pointing out Seinfeld characters the whole movie, and then a few of them appear later in other ones. I feel like Newman's in everything. In every single movie, it's like so hilarious. But yeah, they're all sweating. She's sitting there. Her clothes in that movie are so chic, and. Somebody, somebody was really smart. Somebody along the way was like, you know what? Let's just cover Sharon Stone in neutral knitwear Ugh. and giant coats. There's nothing more works. chic. I mean, she wears this. By the coat way, situation the- in Sliver. First of all, oh. Sliver. But oh, okay, we got to get into. Like, we got so into much. So- but by the way, the Michael Kors collection this week is like. <laughs> Ooh, knitwear I, and big coats yes, it's so I good just, 
I just read your newsletter this morning and I was going to bring it up. I was like, that is Sharon Stone. Yes. The tight kind of knit pants with the belt and the sweaters. The, yes. The, yeah. It's all about the sweaters. And yes, she's obviously 100%. so re- out of this world beautiful. Like she, it's like, how is she? And she's still like, it's like, oh, how is she's she? So... She's one of those people where it's like, how is she a human? And I'm also a human. Like, how are we of the same species? No, she, like she's next she's level. So beautiful. And she's so cool. And she's so like, I love, she's I mean, I love that she, at the nonchalant. Yeah. Vibe. And and but just she wears like, this outfit in sliver, and it's okay. Her, so her, it's her, sliver, sliver. <laughs> okay, first sliver. of all, sliver was supposed to be a big. It didn't do as well as these other movies, but I think it still made like forty million dollars or something. Like it wasn't it panned, right? So it, panned. it won so panned. all of the Razzies. Like worst director, run worst actress, worst. I enjoy Everything. it, and it's and, and there's a Baldwin involved. Have, yes, Billy Baldwin of a Baldwin, and it's a an apartment a, again, a fantastic apartment situation, out of this world, and there's uh, video equipment because video surveillance and so because technology technology it was like we had this whole thing about like fear of technology but an embrace of technology mm. like what is it going to be what is our world going to be like and it and was so, mysterious and but it was mysterious who and unexplained technology yes were like very mysterious and like and, and like Billy we don't when yep and and he Ha- the there's there's been a suspicious death and then it's like someone's watching everyone in the building and it's like is it billy uh, yes it's billy and then they get into like watching t- together yeah she gets in on the watching of it so you find out so yeah sharon stone and her fabulous knitwear and she's <laughs> in basic instinct she's a Yes. She's a book publicist or something. Yeah. Like a book Always like editor. book publishing, book editors, writers. Something. Also, again, why we all ended up in New York trying to be I mean, some kind of writer and editor. I just assumed that if you worked in book publishing or as a writer, you could afford a fabulous apartment in New York City. This is like we were lied we to. Were told. We were lied to. They were like, like oh, oh, no, your first job at Jane, you will make twenty three thousand five hundred dollars. Good sure luck. Well. Even in 1998, that wasn't a lot of money, everybody. (laughs) I think that's what, oh my God. Yeah, that that is, I think that was my exact salary when I started there as well. So they didn't, it did not go up. (laughs) Three years later, a few years later, still. Still there. Probably still there now if Jade still existed. But yeah, I I thought, I thought, oh, so you, you either, you work in writing, you can live in a fabulous apartment, you wear hosiery, and you can wear fabulous knitwear and sweaters. And apparently you have That's a lot of orgasms and have, with and, hot yeah, men. And there's, and there's just hot guys everywhere. And another trope that is in many of these movies is like the weird nightclub where there's okay. weird stuff happening. Yes. And, and I thought that was also normal. But if you moved to New York City... I mean, fair enough. Weird. That and fair enough. I did I mean, end up in some of those. <laughs> I mean, limelight got weird. You know, like some yeah. places got weird. Did you go I to mean, Life on Bleecker? It wasn't as weird as these places, but like, yeah. you could get down with some funky you, stuff. There, 
in fairness, that probably was the most accurate part of these movies was like the weird, the weird clubs. But so, like, it, they're like just decidedly like weirder, I think, than you, you had to like, there, it was like the whole place was weird. Not like there's a club and yeah, then an was, underbelly. It was like this, like, that's so funny. I didn't even think about that. There's always like a weird nightclub. It's always a weird club. And in, well, in single white female, they go to a weird club. And basic instinct, definitely. Basic instinct, they go to the, oh, basic instinct with the weird club. Yeah. So there's a few weird clubs um, that happen. And I thought that, I mean, that is probably the most accurate part. But the other thing that was, that um, actually my husband pointed out to me was, first we're talking about sliver is that song was a huge deal the cover the ub40 cover of elvis uh whatever it's called why do fools fall i can't help falling in love with you i can't help falling in love with you yeah was a soundtrack song from sliver and it was a huge hit that was a major deal i guess it was a considered a really big deal because special permission from the estate of Elvis to cover it so it was like a really huge deal that song and so I'm watching Sliver and the song comes on I'm like oh my gosh that was also a moment like yeah. Sliver I think Sliver maybe deserves a relook like yeah. I it got panned it got one bet you know all the one I put that in quotes it it was awarded all the Razzies <laughs> it was horribly panned I I, I don't think it launched the career of Billy Baldwin quite like he had hoped. No, it would. I no. think he was. I mean, he was gunning to be the next Michael Douglas. Yeah, for sure. From being in this movie, and and quite frankly, it should have been because it really was. This should have been like the second coming of Basic Instinct. No pun intended. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> and it just didn't really. Work it didn't out that turn way, out that way. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm thinking. Now looking at it, like all these years later with a fresh eye i'm sort of like it it doesn't it seems like maybe it needs to get more credit than than it did it's not as bad as it was made out to be like it's not it's not not like as bad as it was made out to be at all and it's not as good as basic instinct like basic instinct also has you like the best versions of these like single white female you were like (gasps) in the theater the first time you saw it like basic instinct you're like Oh my God. Like is, and like sliver, you don't know what's going to happen, but it didn't, the, the thrill wasn't quite as thrill, but like basic instinct, fatal attraction. Like those were like edge of your seat. Like they that's were. also why they made hundreds of millions of dollars. Like mm-hmm. they really were like, Oh my God, like what the fuck is going to happen? Like, is she the killer? Like is mm-hmm. like Glenn Close going to kill this whole family? <laughs> Glenn Close is so hot in that movie too. She like, is that white she dress is. she wears with the belt I and know. her curls out. Also, it was like these curly haired ladies be crazy. The curl, yeah, <laughs> you were I, definitely told like curly haired ladies are nuts. <laughs> you were definitely told curls equal psycho murder killer. Unhinged, sure. like that yeah. was completely. But like you know, she boil yeah curly that curly haired bitch is gonna boil your bunny. You know, like, and that too has become a, a verb, right? Right, like, bo- bunny boiler. Like that's crazy lady. That's like part of the vernacular now. It's like, oh, she's a bunny boiler. Like, and there's say that, and there's some sort of like on a more serious level, like an internalized misogyny that we all took into about all these movies. Like again, yeah. we were like young brains. So like ideas about sex and relationships, and and obviously it's all heightened in this like thriller. But like. 
you're taking that in and you're like, is that how what sex is supposed to look like? Is that it? And that, there's not anything wrong with that. I think people should have sex however they want to have sex. But like when you're 15 and you haven't like experienced yeah. a lot, like you're like, uh, okay. And I, and you're turned on by it and you're like, okay. Uh, you're like, is this, oh, so this is the, again, like the grease two thing. Oh, so this is how it's going to be. <laughs> Got it. Okay. understood and also like at work you know like it's like we, the the whole thing and, and then disclosure it's trying to flip it on its head like sexual harassment because Demi Moore is like a harasser but there's also like it's very com. it's like much more complicated than they were able to handle in like the 90s Demi Moore in disclosure is so fabulous she does the other thing that I love from 90s movies and some 80s movies where she has a meeting while on the Stairmaster yes and I also thought that was a thing that people did. Well, and it took a it long, long time your... for the walking desk to have become a thing. It took all those decades. It was all there. I mean, I thought, I was like, I thought that that was just, you just, you were a career woman and you yeah. had a Stairmaster in your office yeah. that was huge and beautiful. And you got to have meetings while on your Stairmaster. Like yeah. that seemed great to me. I, I was in on the Stairmaster meetings. Yeah. And she's in like a sports bra and Viking shorts. And she, okay, Demi Moore is, she appears in a few of these. She yeah. is so, another one of those just, she's less, I mean, I hate to say Demi Moore, you know, she's obviously gorgeous. She's different. It's different than Sharon Stone. Yeah. There's a different vibe. There's more of a like, mysti- like Sharon Stone is objectively, angelically, gorgeously beautiful to look at. And she just is very cool. Demi Moore is just very commanding to look at. Like she has this presence. Yeah. And I understand why she was in a lot of these movies because she just really, I I mean, I get why she was and is a huge movie star because she's so commanding when she's on screen. And that voice, like, come on. And the voice. And she just has the best boobs and you see them a lot. So (laughs) they're all over the place. A lot and of boobs and butts. They're fantastic. Like she has fantastic boobs. Just, uh, just uh, like you're just like yeah, like absolutely. Her, she has great boobs. Michael Douglas really knows his way around Demi Moore's boobs. He just knows his way around it. And you're watching these movies and you're thinking like he he doesn't even seem like he needed direction. It felt like, very just, real. <laughs> feels very real and, and there's no the intimacy problem, coordinators right? like around no. in these times um and, and I mean, i've I really never think, i i, I, I really you know they were just like okay michael douglas go do your thing go yeah just go do that no intimacy coordinators like they have now like yeah and, and i, I mean it's like his face is down in parts mm. like it is and it like seems real. I mean, it seems it, like I don't know. And especially real. like, it's like so burned in my brain from like the first times you saw it. But even in rewatching it, I'm like, yeah, it's hot. It's like hot. It's hot. I mean, what he does I mean, in that scene with Demi Moore. <laughs> where he's like, not, I mean, she's, she's, there's, there's consent issues all around. It's problematic. All around. So let's sure. just, let's just, we know this. We know this. And we, we know, know there's. This. Yeah, we know there are some percentages, but oh my god, <laughs> he rips off her underwear with his teeth. I 
I mean, did somebody tell him to, or was he just going on his instincts? Because I, it just seems like he know he just, and and it's very interesting to me. And then by the time you get to Perfect Murder, yes, it's he's a different, older. He's older. It's a different. It's a different. Uh, he's not now. He's not. He's the, like, like debonair sex. and like he's not the because Vigo Mortensen is the raw sex in that movie. Think yeah, so Viggo Morrison is the young, hot, you know, again, artist, giant, gorgeous loft with his big, gorgeous loft. artist loft. With his big, gorgeous artist loft, he has this huge loft, and it's in Greenpoint. And and Greenpoint was not the Greenpoint no, we know today. And you could probably get a loft there at that time, nineteen ninety eight or whenever that came out. But I actually think Michael Douglas. You know, we texted about Michael Douglas. I actually think he got sexier in Perfect Murder, even though he's not the sex symbol in that movie Viggo yeah. Morrison is supposed to be which he is so hot but he Michael Douglas plays that role so well the like oh. really rich asshole really rich asshole with the perfect aiming and the per- like I don't love him as the like sleazy chain smoking cop in basic instinct as much as I love him as the like no. rich stockbroker guy. He's he's Gordon Gecko, right? Like it's like that yeah, guy and he, just, wears it so and he well. just did it so many times and it like works. You're just like, yeah, like that's just who you think Michael Douglas is. And especially in that and in, uh, in all of that time, you're just like yeah, that's the guy. Like he's like he, he's like John Hamm. He should always be yeah. in a suit. Yes. Just put the man yes. in a suit. Yes. But not a frumpy detective suit. I mean, that's the one thing about basic instincts. They yeah. try to make him frumpy. And I just don't think Michael Douglas does frumpy. Well, because he's he's supposed to be almost like a like not the alpha in so many ways. And it's like Michael Douglas has yeah. alpha energy like all over. He does. Him. And I yeah. I, I okay, the other thing I love. So the things I love the most about these movies I've talked about the chunky sweaters and the knits. I've talked about the hosiery, the apartments, the technology, the cigarettes. So the cigarettes. Oh, so many good cigarette moments. Oh, the cigarettes. I mean, I I know. Sorry, cigarette. I know they're terrible. I still enjoy one from time to time. I I definitely smoked a lot more in the 90s. I'm sorry. Cigarettes are sexy to me. They're sexy to me. I don't care. They're sexy and cool. Don't smoke kids, but like they're sexy. Yeah. But don't smoke, but also like unless you were raised on these movies, I don't think you want to. (laughs) So like these these movies formed our It's kind of coming back, but yeah. But these were like, I mean, you're like, oh, these hot, beautiful people. And like Gwyneth Gwyneth smoking a cigarette in the 90s, there's nothing fucking cooler on screen or off screen. There was literally nothing cooler than Gwyneth Paltrow smoking a camel light. No, it is one of the best things. And and that's what I love about Perfect Murder is it's that peak 90s Gwyneth moment. She still has yeah. the short hair. Yeah. Um, she was ha- on top of the world. She was new-ish. I mean, I think she'd already won her Oscar. You know, she'd cut, yeah, because she'd cut her hair for sliding doors. She still had the hair. This came out, these were like rapid succession movies. Oh, and it was like, like a little like, bit, it was like a little bit more grown out than than the sliding doors cut. And it yeah. was so beautiful. She's so beautiful. You know, I'm a diehard Gwyneth Stan forever, but like, I, she's I'm, so I'm, beautiful I'm in that, that movie. It's out of control. She wears money so well. And it's yeah. because she grew up is money that way, I think. <laughs> she went to Spence. It's like it works. But I remember movie. when this movie came out. I remember her saying how she grew up. Michael Douglas is friends with her parents. 
Yes. And she grew up with him like as like Uncle Uncle Mike. Yeah. Thankfully there were no sex scenes between them. I think yeah. that would have been a little weird for her, but I mean they're actresses or actors, they're professionals. But um, you know, she'd have to make out with him and kiss him. But like I remember her saying, like, oh yeah, like he was my family friend growing up. And that's just Gwyneth's world. I mean, that's her yeah, world. So yeah. that maybe- and, but it works so well that you know, she's like are you in and she's like highly educated because yes. it's her money, right? It's her money. And that's the whole where the plot evolves around like him trying to get her killed. Um, yeah. And, so and also hot perfect movie with her education and uh, her education languages. and her furs and her, uh, and her diamond perfect lip. Oh yeah. You, you, te- Courtney texted me last night and was like, now I need a diamond necklace. Like, like I, I just want to wear the shit out of a diamond necklace well, now. And, a very, very important Barney's bag. Iconic Barney's R.I.P. Barney's. Bag. An iconic Barney's shopping it. bag. I walked by and I was like, we're having a Barney's moment in here. I was like, this is upsetting me because it's the shoe bag. It's not even... It's, it's the, the shoe bag. bag. It's the bag. It's the bag you want. <laughs> it's the bag. And it... And I know there's so much about that oh, movie. I miss that- Barney's so much. I miss Greenpoint Lofts. Uh, you know, that movie was like 98-ish. I think 98. 90, yeah, it's 98. 98. You know, I, of course, every generation is going to say this about New York, but I feel like that was when New York was like changed. That, that was the cusp of the change. Yeah, that's when I moved there. Like, it was mm-hmm. starting to, you know, because it was kind of like there's places that used to be not as, like, like you would be like, don't go, you know, but it was like, yeah, no, now you, you hang out in Alphabet City in the East Village, but it's still really gritty, but it's not scary. But then like everything hadn't been gentrified yet. Like it, there wasn't like a Starbucks a on every corner around that. Like, yeah. That was still very much the time when Uptown was rich people. Yeah. Uptown and Brooklyn were gritty, either dangerous or artsy. Or that artsy. Was- and, or the mix of the two. And that's how it was portrayed two. on screen. And it's always different if you live in the neighborhood and like whatever. Yeah. But but it still was like a version of New York that had a lot more grit to it everywhere mm-hmm. than New York does now. But definitely like I was like, because I'd been raised on television, like I was like, I'm not living on the Upper East Side. Like even mm-hmm. though I actually, where I should have been living, like I did actually live there the summer between my um junior and senior years in college when I interned but I interned downtown at interview magazine so it was like yeah but I I found this like very illegal sublet that I like wrote a check to cat you know know, whatever on like 80th between Park and Madison like I literally lived like up there for a couple months but when I moved moved I was like I cannot live up there even though all those far east like I should have been living in like Dormandy Court, but I wasn't. I and I was like, I'm going to live on like downtown on Sullivan Street. I well, should we did not, this to I, ourselves. Yeah. Like I was like, I couldn't afford. What am I? What, what the fuck was I doing? But I was like, I live below 14th Street. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and me too. Just, and it was who I was, but I couldn't afford it. I know. I'm the same way. And then I ended up living on Avenue C, where even when cool. I moved to Avenue C. So cool. So cool. But you know, then people were like, oh, don't live on Avenue C. It's right. dangerous. And I was like, well, first of all, it's not. And second of all, like, it's not, I was like, no, I'm not an uptown person. Yeah. Like, who did I oh, think I, 
Yeah, I remember like, when I was, I, I found that apartment, the the one when I interned, I found it like in the village voice, you know, oh like my in gosh, the, yes. and people were like, you cannot go look at anything in the alphabet, in alphabet city, <laughs> like you cannot. And I was like, you cannot, okay, like, I don't, you know, like I'd never lived in New York before, but I, I know these are the things you were told, but um, like, um, I, so I found, you know, I mean like the village voice was like, I read the village. We read the village voice every week. Like, but yeah, you circled, you circled the apartment listings in the village yeah. voice. That's how I it found, I found my first job. I had a job before Jane for a little while. I found that in the print section of like the New York times classifieds. Like, oh my gosh. That's we are amazing. Fucking, I'm fucking old. I know. I'm feeling very, very old right now. But like, but Gwyneth on the Upper East Side was what I just thought the Upper East Side was. Like, I just thought, yeah, I thought Uptown equaled that. That well, and I knew, and I had friends from college who had grown up in the city, and they were from that. They went yeah. to private school up there. Like they went, you know, like they were they went to Gossip Girl schools. Like Gossip you know. Girl school. I mean, and that apartment in Perfect Murder is like out of a dream. First of all, they have two sta- two entrances. That's part of the plot is that there's right. a servant servant's entrance in yeah. the back in the kitchen area. That's part of it. And I had is- a friend from college whose parents lived in an apartment like that oh, with this gosh. with that back kitchen entrance. You know, I grew up wanting the ghost apartment. I should have been wanting that. <laughs> we we were <laughs> I was flipped. And well, I was like, of course, I was like, and I will never, wrong. I will never date a finance person and a business person. I don't want to talk to any <laughs> business people. I like creative artists and writers. Oh my god, I think about that all the time. I was, I was like, like, he has an MBA. Get him out of here. Like at at, at school, thinking? like senior year in college or whatever. The the Duke, the business school at Duke is called the Fuqua School of Business, and we'd be like. Why are all these Fuquas up in this bar? Meanwhile, they're like two years older than us and like getting their MBAs. And we're like, I, well, some people, me, some people were into it. I was like, oh, I would never date an MBA. We were, God forbid we were into guys who actually had jobs. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. Like, or or like, or like weren't. And again, there's assholes in every variety, but like. Yeah, like, or, you know, maybe not the extremely temperamental, like, comedy writer. Like, maybe that wasn't, like. <laughs> maybe. Sometimes I'm like, did I do New York all wrong? Like, especially when I watched Perfect Murder, I was like, because I fully would have left. Well, okay, so she has. Can I have that perfect- Celine coat? I'd like to have it. She has family money. She, I mean, they, throughout the, through. The course of the movie, you discover that she has like a hundred million dollars worth of family fortune, which is like yeah. insane. I mean, they didn't even do like, oh, if if she dies, you get two million dollar life insurance. They went in on the like yeah hundred million dollar in like heiress money. So you find this out, and that's you know Michael Douglas's character is trying to kill her so he can get it because he's made some bad business decisions. All that being said, when you have the security of a hundred million dollars, you do feel more free in your life choices. But yeah. I fully would have gone for the Vigo Morrison character. Oh, absolutely. And Every time. Ten, ten times out of ten. Even if I found out he was a con artist. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm God. still in. I'm st- I still, I would have still been in. I'm still in. Again, I don't make the greatest choice. Not like Michael Douglas was a great choice for her either because he was trying to yeah. literally have her murdered by. And he was controlling and he was controlling and he was a dick, which is like mm-hmm. what Michael Douglas plays 
so mm-hmm. well. He um, just has that like way of delivering his lines without raising his voice. Yeah. Yeah. But that is still so controlling. It's like so when he tells her to wear the certain dress. Yes. And she just does it. But he just delivers it so calmly. He's like, Where the where's the burgundy or whatever he says. I don't remember what he says. He's like, Where the burgundy dress? Well, yeah, and he and even, says it. And even as he's trying to like appease Alex Glenn Close in in uh fatal attraction, like when she starts when she's not like totally gone over the the edge mm-hmm. yet, but is starting to show signs of like because he thinks yeah. they're just going to fuck and it's fun and, and they're both done. into it for the same reason, like just to mm-hmm. have this fun. And but like, I'm like, nobody, when you spend a whole weekend at somebody's apartment, though, no, that you are giving signs, by the way, like she does go, you know, but like, it's like, no, you're like cooking meals with her and stuff. It's yeah, like, that's nobody, different. that's not cool. You were giving her signs that you were into it for more than just the mm-hmm. bang. Like, that's mm-hmm. where it gets, like, where you're like, oh, she's so crazy. I'm like, I mean, she goes crazy, but, like, he started, he planted seeds of, like, relationship energy into that relate He did. that space. And I, and that's, throughout all these movies, there's always, like, some layer of that because, you know, it was, now it's the lens of, looking at it through the lens of 2023, you know, we, there's so much more discussion yeah, about these kinds of things now, and and you know the whole thing of like the other woman being the crazy one. It, you know, we now look at that as like, well, is she though? Yeah, I mean, and like, why? Why did people. she start behaving that way? And like, what? You know, and he like does the... that in disclosure too. He's yeah, like smacking his secretary on the ass, and it comes out. But then he just like apologizes, and I'm like, okay, I mean, she's sure. like. Because, like, so in in disclosure, like, it's a there is a literal sexual harassment situation where, like, Demi Moore is claiming harassment against him and he is like counter suing her. But it's then there's a multiple layers of like why this is even happening. And like, it it kind of gets away from the harassment part in many ways because it becomes like a corporate espionage thriller, too. But his secretary, who he thinks. You know, he loves and he thinks his, they have a great yeah. relationship. And then she testified. They go into, like, mediation, basically, to try to solve this thing. And then, like, Donald Sutherland's the boss. Like, there's so much going on. Oh, so much going on. And, like, the the secretary is like, yeah, no, he makes me uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. But I know he doesn't mean it. Doesn't but, like, I never it. said anything because it's the 90s and, like, yeah, whatever. Nice. Like, well, sometimes he massages my shoulders or, like, you know, taps and, like, me the on the butt. Yeah, the, the things she says are, but like, he's my egregious. Boss. Like, it's not even just, like, he makes an offhanded comment or something. It's, like, he rubs my shoulders all the time and smacks me on the butt. And, by the way, yeah. that is what was happening in offices to people. Like, but he, And he was, like wait, you don't want me to rub your shoulder? Like, the character is literally, like, flabbergasted that this is not something that this woman would have wanted to happen. Apologizes, which I guess is progress, but that movie's weird. That movie's weird. And and then he then realizes that, like, there is a a woman who's better for the job, but it's not this dickhead Demi Moore stereotype. It's this woman who is steadfast and successful, but also a mom. But also a mom. And that's why that movie is problematic. Because yeah, it's there's fucked all up. This stuff about breaking the glass ceiling, but it has to be the right woman. 
Yeah. It has to be the right kind of woman to break yeah. the glass ceiling. It can't be Demi Moore with her sports bra on the Stairmaster. It has no. to be the woman in the cream linen suit. Who's like quietly done her job for all these years and raised yeah. her family. You the know, unproblematic like, woman. Yeah. Oh, is, it's it's is, so problematic. I do find Perfect Murder very compelling. It's so compelling. But it also, because I mean, it's like, you know, Dial in for Murder is so good. I love Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Like Grace yeah. Kelly. It's like, like Gwyneth is, the, is playing the Grace Kelly part. So it's like she and she was our I mean listen down to like the pink dress at the Oscars like she's Mm -hmm. you know she Mm -hmm. was like 90s Grace Kelly and so good and I was laughing because I'm like I feel like Viggo Morrison was probably like 25 he looks 45 right those guys who just always looks old like like he's kind of looked 40 yeah but like he looked 40 for like 35 years he looks the same now as he did then he's just he's like stuck in time again I'm I keep bringing up John Hamm, but John Hamm's like that. It's like, yeah. man's looked 40 since he was 20. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my, I just, it's so funny because I, I was like scrolling, you know, today and it was like Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones because he's in, because he's in Marvelverse now. So he's like in that, in the Ant-Man movie, I think. And he's so back. they were like at the premiere and I was like, oh, Catherine. I'd like- <laughs> Catherine. I know. I, I, I watched. I'm watching all these movies and I'm just like, gosh, Michael, I, so much Michael Douglas. It's it's, it's really insane what we were told. Like we were just pumped Michael Douglas, like content, like at all times. And he kind of seems like he was just sort of up for anything, which I appreciate. Well, and he became actor. like a big producer, right? And he's a Nepo mm-hmm. baby. And like, mm-hmm. then he was like, he was like producing some of this stuff too. And like, I mean, he was such a huge star. It's really crazy. And now people like now he's old, like he's old. I mean, he's like dad's age or whatever, but like he was so, and also like that was like sex symbol. He was like 40, like he was like a 40 year old, like sex symbol. I looked it up because I'm, I looked up basic instinct. He was 47 when they shot that. That's fucking crazy. And he was like sex, sex, sex. Early night. Yeah. 47 years old when they shot that. And like a 47 year old woman, A, is never going to be allowed to be a sex symbol. I know, but like, it's um, so bad. but even a 47 year old man, I mean, like, I guess if, if, if they're already established and he was to a degree, he like, was. right? Like, I mean, Brad Pitt's still a sex symbol. He's going to be one yeah. at every age. And Redford was like that too. But like, it, you wouldn't like break out, you know, no. like <laughs> movie stardom at that point. I, I mean, I really feel like they, shot i mean yes fatal attraction for sure but i don't know and by the way 47 instinct. is not old because yeah 47 is not old i although they look i, older I then. very but they did look older then i'm sorry they <laughs> did they did look older then 47 year old dudes and women don't look Mm-mm. like they did like i'm watching i'm like michael douglas looks he i swear he looks younger in perfect murder than he does I know. basic instinct and so he's supposed he like, to be older and he's supposed to be the older husband in that like she is meant to be his young wife right like it's he like got some jowls taken well, away whatever which he did was not, me, his work is care. good because it doesn't look insane no because he was looking a little jowly in disclosure and then by the time we got to perfect murder the jowliness was gone yeah you were you so were upset by him. the jowls i was upset by the jowls i was i really was because they were bothering you me and I guess but then but they were gone by perfect murder time so maybe yeah I don't know Good. he got it together he got his buckle fat <laughs> he got his, he got his buckle fat 
But that doesn't matter what his jowls are because he. I mean, man got it done. <laughs> man got it done. I mean, I think there are a lot of like things that I think about relationships and like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe some weird shit that I do in the bedroom. Like, I don't know, but like, I mean, which is good, not? good, good for that stuff. But like, I mean, just like the, the intense stakes of like literally shaping your view of that on romance novels, erotic thrillers. And mm-hmm. like, you know, is like, that's going to fuck up a young brain like a little bit about like because everything was so high stakes like I always say that about I said it a million times about like so high the Danielle Steele books or like the sweeping like epic sagas like Eric Segal the doctors and like you know these sweeping stories where there was like the really big love and then he dies and you meet another big love and then he dies and then you figure it out or like (laughs) you know like um scruples and like you know like those like the Jackie Collins like all that stuff which I love I mean it literally formed my personality in so many ways but I'm like is is that why I could never really settle down because <laughs> I, I expected it to be so big and so dramatic and so like on some very like base level like yeah. not like my my frontal you know like it's like oh did I think it had to be like that intense <laughs> all the time where there was like murder <laughs> bloodshed that that's what it is right because we were like first of all i was convinced that everybody cheats on everybody like i just these basically don't, don't, don't trust anybody don't trust anybody don't get don't don't get too comfortable because your happy little life you know your husband is absolutely going to go cheat like this this is just going to happen And it just created this, again, very high stakes situation where cheating, I mean, in a way, it almost is like a cautionary tale against cheating. Well, that's, I mean, that's very much what people like, that was like the reaction to fatal attraction was like, you, you cheat, like, this is bad. Like it was so moral, it was moralistic in that way. In a way that we, you, that is very American, right? Like very American. I mean, I don't like, yeah, the morality. I don't like that part. Like. I don't like that part either. Or like, if you cheat, you can never be trusted and therefore you deserve to have a stiletto shoved through your eyeball. Right, right, right. Yeah. High stakes level of like, maybe they just needed counseling. Yeah, like (laughs) therapy helps. Like, maybe, you know, you get a roommate who now, single white female, you know, she, she, she doesn't. She does. She wants to be Bridget Fonda. She wants to take over her life and be her best friend and be her everything. So she tries to convince Bridget Fonda that once a cheater, always a cheater, which fair. I mean, okay, sure. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. That's everybody's case by own. case basis. Case by case figure basis. Out, he, figure it out for he yourself. He did genuinely seem in this movie. In, it's not like he was a complete dick in Bridget, no. in, in, uh, in, um, single white female you saw the redeeming qualities about him and it wasn't just like his fabulous hair yeah wasn't just his fabulous hair he's working really hard to make amends to come back to her and then jennifer jason lee (laughs) stabs him in the eye with a stiletto and that's the shoe is so chic the shoe is the shoe is so chic but also i will say like at the end of single white female and maybe this is like this is because it is a female centered story like it's a female protagonist and quote unquote villain right but she is like 
you know, I talked to Hetty's parents and she was ever ne- never able to like let go of like that her sister's death yeah. wasn't her fault. So I'm trying to let go of the blame I feel about all of this so that I can move forward, which is like, look at that. A woman is like, yeah. you know, she's kind of doing the internal work. Like that's a little therapy. Like, you know, this wasn't your, like you can't hold on to this. Yeah. And, and be able to move forward with your life. And that, that is kind of how it ends is like, she's trying to like move forward. <laughs> I don't know how you move forward from something like that. I don't know. Cause it's also like, she's got it. You know, it's like that apartment was so great though. Apartment was so great. And it was rent controlled. Well, of course they were always rent controlled. We were also led to believe there were rent controlled apartments all over Manhattan. There for are us. simply huge rent control departments. I mean, Friends is like that too, right? Like it's like just waiting for you. I was like, I like yeah. literally was like, yeah, just find me one of these rent controlled ones when I'm 22 and I'll be fine. I would be fine. I know. I was thinking to myself that, um, you know, even though her crazy roommate killed her boyfriend with the fabulous hair, even though she killed the dog, even though all these horrible things, I still would never have left that apartment. That's what I'm saying. I think you she don't has leave to stay the rent that apart- controlled apartment. You don't leave that apartment ever. Ever. You can't bring in like somebody to clear the, like, I don't care, you know, smudge it and like do all the whatever witchy shit you got to do to clean the energy. You cannot leave that apart. That apartment is one of the dreamiest apartments I've ever seen in my entire life. It has that, those plaster walls that are kind of oh, cracked yes. and faded and the hardwood floors. Uh, oh, this is so big. It's so big and so beautiful in these windows and oh, original windows. It's just, so I mean, it does perfect. make you just want to lay a mattress on the floor and bone on it, you know, it's, like, yeah, I mean, it's like real estate horny. It's like, it's it, like, ooh. I mean, that was part of the movie's appeal is that it, you, Every single one of them has real estate porn. Yeah. I mean, Every Sharon Stone's one. house, Sharon Stone's beach house in Basic oh. Instinct. And, and Michael Douglas and Ann Archer's house, like their yes. country house is fantastic. Like her apartment in the city for like a single woman is like great. Like. Every single one of these has, I mean, obviously the whole sliver building, like they're all, it's all basically in this oh, apartment building. building. And I do love a story that takes place all in one apartment building. I like, like that I too. enjoy that a lot. Um, yeah. Every single one. And then perfect murder. We talked about like all of these, like it's, they all have a gorgeous, they, they all seduce us in many elements. ways. Yeah. I think that's what's so great about these movies is that they really, the formula if there is a formula works because it does kind of like lure you in at every angle it's like yeah it's really everything you could want besides yeah. being killed <laughs> but also but also you're titillated by like the murder or the thriller like it gets your juices flowing too in like you're like oh what's gonna happen like I it's because they're not scary, they're thrillers, right? So for people yeah. who don't like horror, which I do like, I love being I scared, too. but I love thrillers so much. Like psychological thrillers, yeah. erotic thrillers, like that is, if you can do that right, like it, that, there's nothing, that is, that gets me going in a totally different way. Like I like those two. I have, I, I get very uncomfortable when somebody, and this happens a lot in these movies, somebody's like, oh, the guy has left and gone to lunch or gone to an appointment or gone to work. So I'm going to snoop through his office. And 
I, and they do this so, in every one of these everyone, movies. Everyone, everyone makes me so uncomfortable when they're like, "Oh, he's coming back," or "He's gonna walk in," or like you hear the "What are you doing in here?" behind them. Just and again, like very high stakes about low stakes things. All they're doing is like looking through a desk, and to me, it's like the most upsetting. It's very stressful. Very stressed out during scenes like that. Like when she, in Sliver, when she's look going to get his tapes in his. Ooh in his closet and he's left to get food and then he comes and I'm mixing them up and then he like starts coming back but like she's like, but she can but kind of see back. on the cameras that yeah. he's coming back and you're just like <gasps> but I love getting that panic like yeah it's very uncomfortable they're gonna walk in they almost always walk in or, or sometimes they'll do the thing where they, they walk in and they they just missed it and they've been able to put everything Gwyneth does that in Perfect Murder he's in the shower and oh, she and goes through the Barney's bag and then she starts getting suspicious. And you're like, he's going to come back out. He's going to see you going through the bag. Always. A, a lot Barney's of times bag. when someone's in the shower. Yeah. yeah. That fucking Barney's bag. God. Iconic. Oh. Iconic. I love that. And then. Is there anything else that we missed? <sighs> I mean, think, there's I mean, a million things we missed. There's a million but things, really but I think we covered how it's formed our personalities. Yeah, as you listen to us talk about it for like 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The wardrobe, the 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 cream colored knits. Knits, okay, so cigarettes. Sharon Stone wears hosiery. this outfit in uh, hosiery. Yeah, oh my gosh. Sharon Stone's gro- shitty grocery shopping outfit is the oh. outfit of my dreams. Yeah. She goes in sliver. She goes to the, she, this is my, she calls it the market. Goes to the market. She goes to the market across the street from her fabulous apartment. She's wearing like thermal leggings in gray they're like a like a luxe thermal mm. Mm. gray legging with lace up suede ankle boots in like a tan like sand color oh. a, a like stretched out neck big kind of messy white t-shirt plain with like it's like messed up. The collar stretched yeah. out. And yeah. then this enormous gray wool coat in a light gray color. And it is the best thing. And I, That's going to make I, me I, have a different kind uh-huh. of orgasm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Just this good. huge wool overcoat. Oh. The whole thing. And it's so perfect. And it's so, it's so exquisite in its simplicity and this woman should never not be draped in giant, neutral knits neutral knits and giant coats mm-hmm. she has a giant coat moment in several of these movies. yeah yeah um which okay. is so 90s and then like um, yeah and now it's back when it's Gwyneth's outfits in Perfect Murder. I remember that era so specifically oh god all yes. those amazing maxi skirts yeah um she wears a suede one a suede oh, god, yes like pencil maxi kind of vibe oh, and the yes. sweater with the sweater ah! I know everything about it is so perfect it's like she even when she after she has been at the attempted murder after and she goes to the police station she's wearing that huge gray sweater with the giant neck that doesn't fold over it just sticks up and I'm pretty sure it was Michael Kors collection I think it was Michael Kors collection I, I or know was it, it Michael well. Kors when he did or was it for Celine? Celine, it might have been Celine. Well, there's all that Celine in um, 
Thomas Crown affair. But, I was going to uh, say, I know. Yeah. But I that know, was around like, the same time. So it could, time. I, it, she definitely wore like Max Mara, Michael Kors, Michael Max Kors, Mara, Celine, oh, like all yeah. that kind of stuff um, in that movie. The giant for sweaters. sure. Her giant sweater. But like, I love a turtleneck. Like, I always have. Like, I love a lot of, like, mm. oh. And the way she sits there so nonchalantly, she's wearing this giant sweater. I mean, it's almost the same vibes as um, Sienna Miller in uh, the Anatomy of a Scandal. Yes. Recently. That, that, that vibe. Yeah, that totally. Totally. Money. Like unbothered. Cashmere, you know? Unbothered. Unbothered. Just wearing your diamonds unbothered in the police station. Like, Draped in cream colored, I mean, in- and not like super made up at all, but just like the right no. amount of a lip, the right amount. Of, Cause it's like a lady like that doesn't wear a ton of makeup. Like that's that not was the how other they thing do. I was going to say. Gwyneth's makeup in that movie. Oh, she's it's wearing, impeccable. It's impeccable, but she's barely, I don't even think she's, she's barely wearing mascara. Probably enough uh, just to make She barely has eyelash, anything on her eye, on barely. her eye at all. Just that. I had that color. I, I had Clinique. I mean, uh, listen to know, two former beauty editors like dissect this. And we were like, ah! It's that dove gray, light dove gray eyeshadow that's almost purple, but not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. matte eyeshadow. And of course, I immediately started Googling it last night. The Clinique one is long gone. But I found one at Ilya, for, from Ilya. Oh, you did? Exact, it's the exact Will you send color it to me? Murder. Yeah, okay. I'll send it to you. But I'm going to get it. I was like, I have to have this. I had that yes. color. And she wears it with that, like, not red, but not pink lipstick that's not yep. too bright. It's not too bright, but it's and color. Else. It's color. And that's it. That's, like, all that's on her face. She looks so fucking stunning. Mascara, maybe enough to just show that she has eyelashes because her eyelashes are blonde. But that's right. it. Like, but it doesn't look like she's wearing mascara. Like, it yeah. looks like a naked eye. It looks and like a naked And that's how Sienna Miller was, too. Yes. And it's that nonchalant wealth. And I actually felt this way about the Ben Affleck pseudo-erotic thriller where it's that nonchalant wealth that I love so much where they just wear it just so easily. Yeah. That's the other thing. There's not enough um, sex in that movie, that Ben Affleck no. movie. It was I was like, what kind wasted. of erotic thriller is this? Who's Adrian Line? What happened to you? You directed Fatal Attraction. Like, I know. And those two were like boning in real life. So I, I know. know. What was going on? They could have just put the cameras on him and said, go for it. Where Seriously. is Michael Douglas when you need him? Seriously. Get him out of the MCU. Okay. This is amazing. I, um, this is like the most fun ever. I can't wait to figure out what our next one is going to be. Wait, can you tell everyone where to find you and um, where to get your yummy wine and stuff too? So the whole, you know, the whole uh, inspiration behind this was the good clean Cabernet. Yes. So we launched a Cabernet. This is how this whole thing started like a year yes. ago. Yeah. So we, I, you know, I have the wine company. It's called Good Clean Wine. We launched a cab, um, and it's a very sexy wine. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's sexy. It's big. It's bold. It's beautiful, dark maroon color. It's a sexy everything. And Abby had <laughs> gotten a bottle, tasted it, and immediately started pairing it with <laughs> 90s thrillers. Yes. And I had completely forgotten you know, you take it for granted as a genre because they were so, I mean, it's basically like saying fantasy movies of the mid 2000s. I mean, it's yeah. like you just completely take it for granted that these were the movies. Yeah. But the second you brought it up, it just was like, oh man. So, so we have the Good Clean Cab. Um, you can order it online at goodclean.wine is the website. 
we also we sell in some retail stores, but um, only in Missouri and Florida right now. We're working on other distribution in other states, and we have seven wines now. We actually just launched Synchronized Swimming. It's a rosé. It's a new rosé, and Yum. it's very summery and beachy. So um, you know, we'll have to figure out what to pair that with. It's got like a retro vibe. Um, oh yeah, we'll figure out well, something fun to do. This yeah, summer, this it's it's called summer. synchronized swimming. That's fun, and it's very Hamptons, but it's also kind of got like a Palm Springs vibe as well. I was like just in retro. Palm Springs. I was just in Palm Springs, and I like was sitting having lunch with myself outside, like mm-hmm. or with a glass of rosé and my salad, and it was like perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. the vibe. Yeah, that's the vibe of synchronized swimming. So that's that's new and fun, and I I love drinking all of them while watching these movies great fabulous i've and really I've, enjoyed watching these movies i have to say, i really i mean I, I yeah and it's now i'm glad because i'm like get the algorithm to show me like other ones you yeah. know like i know I, somebody reminded me of um of wild things and i was like okay maybe i mean sure i watched that not that long ago yeah i guess that it doesn't feel the same though it's like it's like the next you know it doesn't it's like because it was kind of like after and it's a little different, but it's still like, I'm like, I'll watch anything in this like ilk, like anything. Yeah. And I it's love great it. for this time of year. Like kind of like most of us still have, I mean, we've had some fake spring, but like just like winter weekend, like Friday night, like pour, mm-hmm. pour a glass of good, clean cab and like or mm-hmm. pop a gummy and like watch these movies. They're like so perfect for like Friday night, like after a long week, like they're really and they're only entertaining. 90 minutes. And they're not crazy long. That's the other thing. Like, they're really not crazy long. And that's very enjoyable to me as well. They move it along and they always have really definitive endings. Yes. Where you know it's over and there's no like ambi- – well, I guess Fatal Attraction was – or not Fatal Basic Ending sort of had like an ambiguous ending a little bit because you're like, did she or did she not – do and it. there is a basic instinct too. And I watched it not that long ago and it's not, you don't want to do that to yourself. Okay. Don't, 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 don't go there. Don't okay, just watch sliver, watch sliver instead. Like that's what you should do. Like that's the, that's the yeah. next one. Sliver you know, is was... way better than basic instinct. Okay. Too. I mean, sliver's sex scenes. Yeah. Are pretty good. They're good. I mean, they're you good. Can, yeah. That's the other thing. Like spice it up your life whether you're by yourself or with someone else it's great mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're fun to watch okay this has been really fun i thoroughly enjoyed watching all of these movies and discussing them ad nauseum because that's, that's how we it's do us. that's how we do <laughs> um awesome so you'll be back soon we'll figure out our next one and i will be right back thank you so much to courtney I had a blast. I always have a blast talking to Courtney about anything on air, off air. That was super fun. Thank you all for listening. If you're still here at the end of that, hopefully you enjoyed it too. And if you want more, we have notes. Subscribe to the Substack. We have notes.substack.com. Friday newsletter is free for everyone. And there are options for paid subscriptions, which just means more content. You can also get more content on Instagram. You can follow We Have Notes at We Have Notes, me at Abby C. Gardner, at We Have Notes on TikTok, and at Abby Gardner on Twitter. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'm super grateful for reading, for listening, any any of the things. Um, 
rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're so inclined. Share the show or the newsletter with a friend who you think might also appreciate this level of nonsense. And yeah, let me know what tropes did we miss? I mean, we definitely left, I mean, also things on the cutting room floor uh, this week, but tropes we missed from these movies, things you love about them, movies that maybe I haven't seen that you think I should see in the thriller genre and also other other types of um, categories like this that you might want to hear about in the future. And thanks again. Y'all are the best. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Oh, also, next week, unless something super major happens that I feel like I need to discuss, we're going to be off next week, but back the following week with a really, really great interview with my old friend Maggie Bullock, who wrote an amazing book called The Kingdom of Prep that's all about J. Crew. And I think you guys are going to be super into the book and the conversation. You could pre-order it. Um, it'll be out the week that, that she's on the show. So can't wait for that. And um, yeah, see you then. 